Thanks, Sam. You know, I love it when uh, younger people, compared to most of us out here, you know, feel the movement of the Holy Spirit and do something about it. And I'm hoping some of us old people will join in with Sam. And, and really, I, I'm excited to see what God does. You know, a lot of times we talk about prayer, the importance of prayer, but do we really believe it? Because I, I think if we really believed it, we'd do it a whole lot more. And so I'm, I'm encouraged just to see what God does in the midst of this. And I appreciate Sam's faithfulness. I got a question for you guys. What, what body part or body parts do you think are the most unattractive? Anybody have any thoughts? Your most unattractive body parts or maybe your, your spouses? Anybody? What do you think? Arm? That? Yeah. Honestly, I had not thought about armpits, but uh, Joshua, you may be right up there. Anybody else? Thoughts? You know what I think the most unattractive body parts are? The feet. The feet. You know, aside from babies, very few people have attractive feet, in my, my opinion. Um, I, I hadn't really realized this to the extent until lately, I, I ran across, I was just surfing through the channels, and I came across this show, and it's called My Feet Are Killing Me. My Feet Are Killing Me on, on the Learning Channel. Anybody seen this? It follows like Dr. Pimple Popper. The, uh, <laughs> it, it does. The, uh, so anyhow, I'm watching this show, and it is disgusting. You know, some people, I, I just am overwhelmed at how bad feet could look. I thought they were bad just looking at my own, but they can be really bad. And so I wanted to share some photos with you, but I chose not to because I had a feeling we might get that response. And then once you got those images in your head, they never come out and then you would be distracted and I would lose you for the whole service. So anyhow, but here's the deal. The fact that, that we tend to to have ugly feet that are smelly, and, and most of us have at least a dozen or more shoes in our closet, right, to try and cover up our feet, to try and make them look a little bit more attractive, you know, causes me to wonder why God said all the way back in Isaiah 52, 7, and then again in Romans chapter 10, verse 15, he said this, he said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, I want us to explore a question this morning as we come to the end of this series that we've been in. But what, here, here's the question. What makes feet beautiful? What makes feet beautiful? So hold that question in your mind. Now, we've been exploring just what the gospel is and why is it important to us. And we've discovered that we all have a problem. Every man, woman, and child has a problem. And, and it's, it's a, a problem where we have rebelled against God. We've all turned our backs on him, gone our own way, done our own thing. That's defined as sin. And so we have this sin problem. And as a result of that problem, it's caused a relationship problem. We have a problem um, relating to God. There's this, this endless divide between us and God. And there's a cost, there's a consequence to our actions, to our rebellion. And it's a cost that we cannot pay. There's no way that any of us can pay it. But the good news is that Jesus Christ has, that he paid the price for our sin through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. It's a free gift. But there's a response that is required of each and every one of us. We have to choose whether we're going to accept this free gift, this good news, 
or are we going to reject it? So to not accept it is to reject it. Now, what does it look like to accept it? How do you accept the gift? Well, we've covered this the last couple of weeks. If you look at Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, it tells us how to accept this gift. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Now, many of us here today or or watching online have done this. And we have professed our faith in Jesus Christ. So now, what do we do? What is next? What do we do with this gift of faith? Do we just keep it to ourselves? Do we hide it? Do not speak of it, because there's two things you're not supposed to talk about, right? Politics and what else? Religion. Is that right? Is that what God would say? I don't think so. And so we're going to take a look at this. We're going to be in Romans chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 17 together this morning. So um, if you have a Bible, open it up. If, if you have a church Bible, feel free to use that. It's page 1,121 if you want to follow along with us. So we're going to begin with verse 13. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who's believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Now, I want to begin with with verse 13, where it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And And I wanted to make sure that we know that this gift of Jesus Christ, this good news is for every man, woman, and child, regardless of their color, their culture, and what continent they may reside in. It's available to every man, woman, and child. It's intended for every man, woman, and child. Now, for the centuries, the challenge has been, how do we get this message to them? How do we get this message to every man, woman, and child of every color, every culture, and on every continent? Well, you would think now that we have the internet, it would be easy, right? Like we would just type out this message, this good news, right? And we just hit send all, and it's done. Like our work is done. We have gotten the message out to everybody, right? Well, here's the thing. This this message, it's more than than just hitting the send button. It's more than than just something that um, we want to get across. It's more than a message that just needs to be heard. It's a message that needs to be experienced. It's a message that is meant to be experienced, and it's meant to be experienced with others who have experienced it already. See, Jesus didn't come to this earth to establish a new religion. He came to reestablish a relationship, a relationship between mankind and God, and a relationship between 
fellow believers, followers of Jesus Christ. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And this message is something that we're all meant to experience together. Now, what do we do when we've um, received this message and we've embraced this message? Well, if you look at at the beginning of um, verse 14, God God has an interesting way of of laying this out. He's going to do it in a series of questions, four questions, and they're going to be like in reverse order. And they're really more rhetorical questions, if you will. Like the answer is quite obvious. So here's what we're supposed to do. Um, Question one, he says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? What's the answer? They can't. Question two, how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? The answer's the same. They can't. Question three, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Or instead of preaching to them, I don't, I don't like that word. I don't think many people like to be preached to. But I like the New Living Translation. It says, how can they hear without someone telling them? Telling them. Well, they can't. They can't. And then finally, the fourth question, and how can anyone preach or tell them unless they are sent? They can't. They can't. Now, I believe actually God could accomplish all these things. He he doesn't necessarily need to use us to um, share this message, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and in fact, he does it sometimes in miraculous ways. I don't know if you've heard some of these stories, but specifically in, in recent years, God has been showing up in the dreams of Muslims. There, there have been numerous Muslims that have said that Jesus Christ has shown up in their dreams, and they have been led to faith in him just through that. So God can accomplish this through miraculous means, but for some reason, he chooses to use people like you and me to be his primary delivery system. Now, if I were God, I would not have done that, all right? I would not have chosen you or me because we tend to have a lot of excuses. We have lots of excuses why we can't or why we won't do that. Um, I was just thinking of some of the excuses like, well, I I don't know what to say or or. I may not have all the answers to their questions, or I, I don't want to seem judgmental or pushy, right? Or, or how about this one? I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anybody. Or, or one of my favorites, well, if I do it, I'll, I'll lose my job. Or how about this one? It's not my job to do it. Like, that's your job. Don't we pay you to do, do that? You know, these are just some of the excuses that, that I've used over the years. I, I bet you you guys might have some better ones, right? And we could just make a long laundry list of excuses why we don't go share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. But, but here's the thing. God still chooses us as his primary delivery system. And so I've been thinking, why does he do that? Why does he choose us to be his primary delivery system of the good news of Jesus Christ? And, and then this is what came to me. I, I believe he wants us to be involved in this process because he wants us to experience that same joy of seeing somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ. I, I believe he wants us to share in that joy. Because we're told in Scripture that it brings God great joy when someone 
comes to that point of salvation. We're, we're told that actually the angels in heaven rejoice when just one of us embraces this gift of Jesus Christ, this gift of faith. And I think God wants us to experience, to participate in that joy time and time again. I think that's the reason. Because um, Hebrews 12.2 came to mind. Listen to this. It said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, listen to this. This is the, the main point here. Who for the joy, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. I think God wants us to experience this same kind of joy, the joy that um, enabled Jesus to endure incredible pain and shame that made it all worthwhile. Can you imagine a joy like that? Can you imagine a joy that would lead you to endure a horrific death, that the joy would be so much greater than that pain and that shame? Can you imagine a joy like that? And I think that's the kind of joy that God wants us to experience. Um, I was trying to think, what's an example and other than the joy of salvation, what, what's a, a worldly example of this kind of joy? And, and the closest example I could come up with is childbirth. Childbirth. Women, you are amazing. All right? When I think of women, I think about the pain and, and even some of the shame, right? Like it's sort of embarrassing, right, when you're there and uh, delivering, right? You know, it, Anyhow, the, uh, but there's an incredible amount of pain that comes with childbirth, right? Why do you do it? I don't get it. Clearly, women are stronger than men, because if, if it were up to men, there would be no more people, right? Like, we wouldn't do it. But, but women are willing to endure incredible pain. Why? To bring another human to life. And here's what blows my mind. You don't do it just once, most of you. You're willing to do it again and again. And some of you again and again and again. Like there must be incredible joy that comes with the pain, right? You know, because you just keep, keep enduring it. And, and I'm wondering about that joy because as a man, I, I, I can't really experience it. I don't know how great that joy must be to endure such pain. Now, how does this tie in? with beautiful feet. Well, I was thinking about when a child is born. And, you know, back in the old days, even before my time, the, the husbands and, and the family members, they, they didn't get to go into the delivery room, did they? They had to wait outside. And, and what, what were they waiting for? They were waiting for the doctor or for the nurse to come out and to announce, you have a son, you have a daughter. It was good news that brought great joy. See, here's the thing, Romans 10, 15. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What makes feet beautiful is the good news they bring. That's what makes feet beautiful. It's the good news that they bring. 
Now, I can't think of any more beautiful news than the announcement of a new birth. And I, I can't think of any more beautiful news than to recognize that, that you've got a problem and that you're going to suffer death and eternal separation from God and all that is good, but that God loves you so much that he sacrifices one, on, one and only son to pay the price that you couldn't pay. And that if you'll just embrace him in this good news, then you're going to experience new birth, new life that's going to bring great joy. And, and if that weren't enough, then God would invite you to be a part of that in somebody else's life, that you would be the messenger you would be the feet that bring, those beautiful feet that bring that good news to others. That's what makes feet beautiful. How beautiful are those, the feet of those who bring good news. Now, sadly, not everyone embraces this good news, do they? We see in verse 16, it says this, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. You know, some people back then and some people today, their pride is so strong that it will not allow them to acknowledge that they need this good news. For others, their pride is so great that it won't allow them to accept and to embrace this good news. And sadly, these folks will forever miss out on the joy, this incredible joy of salvation, this joy that um, led Jesus to suffer and die. The joy is so much greater than that horrific death that he experienced. And that's the kind of joy that is available to us. But some of us, because of our pride, will never experience it. And it's sad. And, and it's really hard if, if you have experienced it, and maybe you have a loved one, a, a friend, who, who you, you really want to experience this good news because you know how great it is, right? And, and they're just not open to it. They're not receiving it. And sometimes you just want to hold them down and like force feed them, right? And you're like, you're going to take this good news and you're going to love it, right? You know, like, but like, that's not how it works, unfortunately, right? Like that's really ultimately between them and God. We can only bring the good news. That's what it, it says here in verse 17. Here's the deal. It says, consequently, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Our job is simply to deliver the good news. That's our job. That's our responsibility. We're to be messengers of the good news. What they do with it is between them and God. It's between them and God. And they may not be ready for it. And we can't force it upon them as much as we want to based out of the love that we have for them and the joy that we have personally experienced. It's between them and God. We're just messengers. We're just called to bring the good news. Now, to help you do this, if, if you look in the pockets of the chairs in front of you or on the seats, if you're in the front row, you're sitting on these already. Um, we made up these bookmarks. And so... Um, 
For the last few weeks, we've been covering these different passages in the book of Romans, and it's traditionally called the Romans Road to Salvation. And so I want to encourage you, take these. This is yours. We will replenish the supply after this service, but I want you to take these. And you'll see that here's the good news, and it's outlined for you right there in these scriptures based in the book of, Revelation, in the book of Romans. Rather. And on the other side of it is a prayer, and you can encourage somebody and walk them through this prayer. That's how they embrace this good news. I want to encourage you all to take these, to keep them where they are readily available so that you could access it at any time when you have the opportunity to share this good news with other folks. Now, um, one of the things I did, so I'm going to take you way back. So a long, long time ago when I used to work for Allstate in the early days of the church, we didn't have smartphones back then, but we had day timers. This was my day timer, my, my day planner. Anybody old enough to remember these? I, I didn't go anywhere without this thing. I mean, my whole life was summed up in here. And so I came across that, this just the other day. It was in the closet. And so this is my old day timer. And it's amazing. I was just searching through there some of the neat things that I found in here. But um, I would keep this with me everywhere I went. So I would take it to work. It would sit on my desk. I even had a neat holder for it. So it would be prominently displayed there. And then if I went to a meeting, I took my day timer with me. When I went home, I took my day timer with me. Wherever I went, the day timer went with me. And you know something that I did I wanted to make sure that I was prepared. And so in my day timer, in this little clear thing, I had the Romans road to salvation. And so I made sure that I had it with me all the time, just in case there was an opportunity to share this good news with somebody else. Not only that, but um, I had at my desk, in my drawer, a Bible just like this one. We bought a bunch of these Bibles. They're like two bucks a piece. And I had it so that I could give it away to somebody that didn't have a Bible. So if I had the opportunity, I would share the good news of Jesus as found in the Romans Road and then give them a Bible. And I could show them where it was in the Bible. And I remember one time a coworker by the name of Charlie Flora. And Charlie um, came to me and he was sharing from his heart. And, and I just felt that prompting, like he needs to hear the good news. And so I shared with him the Romans road to salvation. And then I gave Charlie a Bible that looked just like this. You know, sadly, Charlie died not long after that. And I remember sitting at his funeral and just the joy that I had knowing that I had shared the Romans road with him and that I had given him a Bible just like this and that he had received it with joy. I was so thankful that I had shown a little bit of courage to share this good news with him. You know, you may want to do something similarly, although we don't... Does anybody have a daytimer anymore? Like, now everybody... You got your phone, right? So, and you may be looking at this going, you know, I don't even know what I'm going to do with the bookmark. I don't really use those because books are on my phone too. So I, I was thinking, maybe take the bookmark and take a picture of it, right? And put it in your phone. And then it'll be with you everywhere you go. Or I got another thought. What if you just memorize this? 
How hard would it be to memorize these scriptures? Not very. And then you know you've always got it with you, the good news of Jesus Christ, and you are ready to deliver it. Just a thought. Now, I got one more story um, to share with you that, that really speaks about the importance of us being ready and willing uh, to share this good news with, with anybody that we come in contact with. So I've been doing some premarital counseling with, with Bryce Kelly and Josie Lackey. They're over there, and I got permission um, to share this. But as, as we go through our premarital counseling, I always go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and talk about that. And, and you guys uh, know what 1 Corinthians 13 is typically, even if you're not a Bible scholar or even a church person, you're familiar with this because it's known as the love chapter, right? And so we got to 1 Corinthians 13 and Josie's like, you know what? I know that one. I know it. I'm like, really? How do you know? And she said, because she's in nursing school. And she said, because my nursing professors quote it all the time. I'm like, wait a minute. Your nursing professors quote this, this passage in scripture all the time. And, and the reason I was so perplexed was she doesn't go to Liberty, you know, or some Christian university. You know where she goes? Radford. I don't know if you've been to Radford. You know anything about Radford, but I wouldn't say like it's a Christian institution. True? Thank you. Thank you. So I was shocked at this. And she says, yeah, like uh, our professors quote it all the time. And here's why. They, they are really making the point that you need to have faith in Jesus Christ if you're going to be an effective nurse. I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, really? They're, they're doing it. They said, yes. Like, they just shared from their experience, especially when somebody is dying, that there is a difference between people who are dying and have faith in Jesus Christ and the people who are dying and don't. They said the people who are dying and have faith in Jesus Christ, they have greater peace about them. She said that um, the professors were sharing stories about how some of the people who were dying that were followers of Jesus, that that they would have these these visions of angels and of Jesus, and it just brought them peace. She shared how, how some people who would die, who had faith in Jesus Christ, would die with smiles on their faces. Now contrast that with the people who didn't have faith in Jesus. And she shared how the professor said, it's horrific. It's a horrific experience. These people are full of fear. There is no peace. There is no joy. And one of the professors shared a story about a man who was a worshiper of Satan and how the nurse was in the room and he was just screaming at the nurse, get the demons out of here. Get the demons out of here. One of the professors said she had come to faith in Jesus Christ because of her experiences like this. Because when you're dying, there's no putting on airs. If you have faith, you're going to die one way. And if you don't have faith, you're going to die another way. And so these professors, they were bold because they knew the truth. And they knew as nurses who were entrusted with caring for the well-being of patients that it wasn't just the physical well-being that they were being um, entrusted with, 
but it's also the spiritual well-being of these people. If you really care about your patient, you're not just going to care about trying to see them healed physically. You're going to care about seeing them healed spiritually as well because ultimately, that's the greatest healing. Josie even shared how already she's been with patients and they ask her, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? And, and I was impressed by the fact that it's important for her and it's important for others that, that you receive the proper training to do that. And so I encourage her to contact Donna Cudworth and um, to talk to her. Donna also, not only being a prayer warrior, but was a nurse too. And to make sure that she gets all the training she needs so that she can truly minister to people who are suffering, not just physically, but spiritually as well. And here's what I believe with all my heart. If you, just, you can look at Josie and you can see that she has a beautiful smile. And when she walks in and she smiles, it just lights the room up. But here's what I believe is going to be seen. They're not just going to see her beautiful smile. They're going to see her beautiful feet because she's bringing good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And she has this message to proclaim that's going to lead to new life, new and everlasting life. How beautiful are your feet? Who have you delivered the good news to? Maybe even more importantly, who will you deliver good news to? Are you prepared? Are you willing to do that? And, and let me encourage you, you don't have to do it perfectly. Like there is no, we're giving you some things to really equip you. There's no perfect way to do it. I mean, I guess there is, but you don't, you're not going to know it. Let's just be honest. Just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Just share from your heart what you've experienced. And, and the joy of your salvation will probably be used by God to lead to the joy of somebody else's salvation. And, and I believe that he wants us to share that again and again and again. Because it brings him great joy. And he wants to share that joy with us. That's why he invites us into the process. That's why I believe he has chosen us to be his primary delivery system. How beautiful are the feet of those who bear, who bring good news. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you first for the good news. I thank you personally that I've experienced that good news and the joy of salvation, and, and I can testify that it is an incredible joy. And I pray for everybody here or anybody watching or anybody we come in contact with that they would embrace and they would experience the same good news and the same joy that comes with it. And Lord, I thank you that you've allowed me to experience others who have come to embrace that good news and experience the joy of salvation. When I look at the things that bring me joy in this life, I can honestly say there's nothing, nothing like the joy of seeing somebody come to salvation in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray, again, first, that we would experience that joy of salvation, and then secondly, that we would be messengers and we would get to experience it as others 
experience the joy for themselves and that we would share that message, that good news again and again and again and again. We pray it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.